Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our well-being as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so Mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the podcast and episode 217. I hope you're well out there. I hope things are going good for you. We've had a couple of weeks off. Uh, we've had a few guest postponements until um, a little bit later on in the year. So hopefully we'll be able to bring those conversations and those guests to you at a later time. Um, but I am delighted this week to be joined by a returning guest, Amir, who some of you may know as Aaron, is here with us. And we're going to be talking for you well, um, quite a lot of things in the end. <laughs> um, as we do have sometimes with returning guests, uh, we kind of spiral into quite a few different thoughts, quite a few different areas of conversation. Um, so I think often you'll kind of hear me talk about that idea of like, a, hopefully the podcast is like a prompt for you to go away and have conversations. And I think when guests come on for the first time, those are slightly more focused conversations because uh we're looking at kind of their experience with mental health and sometimes mental health illness um getting to know and being introduced to those people where sometimes with returning guests the the conversation is a bit more uh, open it's a bit more diverse um because we've already had that introduction um so that is kind of represented today by our our, our talking topic our talking topics, our talking topics, <laughs> points of conversation covering things like, I think we looked at like the pandemic, being creative, being free thinking, personal journeys, protests, technology, fitness, um, just a range of different things in there. So it's probably a slightly longer episode as well. I haven't quite checked the length yet, but I think it's going to be a slightly longer episode. So I hope you enjoy this Um As always, uh, we go into, like I say, a few different things, personal thoughts and opinions on this. Um, I hope it prompts you to to kind of have those conversations with people around you as well about maybe what those things or how those things have impacted on your mental health, your well-being, your 
um, kind of day-to-day -day life. Um, but also these are our personal insights. So if you disagree, if you think differently, um, that's completely fine as well. Um, and we talk a little bit, I think towards the end of our conversation about this idea that often people feel the pressure to be right or have the answer or that there is a right or a wrong um, so we talk a little bit about kind of the greys or the colours or the variations in the middle towards the end as well so yeah a really lovely conversation a massive massive thank you to Amir for coming back on the podcast for possibly his fourth maybe his fifth return <laughs> I think we struggled to find one of the episodes I think so Amir's first visit to the podcast is episode 70 uh, and then the most recent one before this is episode 149. So if you want to go back and listen to some of our previous conversations, those are the episodes to go and look out for. But a big thank you to you for, for downloading, for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, if you would like to be a guest yourself, you can find out more information about the podcast on the website, along with information about being a guest, which is openjournalbc.com. But until then, or until you're coming onto the podcast, um, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, again, massive thank you to Amir. Here is our conversation. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I believe this is my fourth foray. I think, I think fourth. And I think, because um, I had a quick look and I could find the first... And the third one, um, oh, yeah. so the first one, oh, I didn't write down a date though. The last one was July 2019. Wow. Um, was the last time we sat down That's and it, had a so. chat. It's just, I think like so much, oh, now I get interrupted by a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> better my friends, dogs are better. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, you think of like, it sort of feels like not actually that long ago, but then also a ridiculous amount of time mm. in terms of everything that's happened in that period. Um, but yeah, we're getting to the stage now where hopefully things are starting to open up a, a, a bit more. And like you say, I think gyms are are a big thing for uh, particularly people that were using them before. But I yes. think for everyone to have that option to kind of get back involved. But yeah, yeah. What what's the what's the gym talk for you? Um, gym is obviously very important to me. Um, I had a lot of strong. Obviously, anyone who remembers me being on this podcast last time, when I have very strong opinions that don't necessarily correlate and align with the general consensus mm. of thinking. Like I don't really buy into labels, you know, whether it be left or right wing or things of that nature. But one thing that I was very very hot about was the fact that. Our government in particular, as we know, which is run by an astonishing amount of cockwaffles, um, had decided that, you know, the gym was kind of a luxury. It wasn't a necessity and that you could exercise outside, which I think is an incredible slap in the face to people who are disabled. It's an incredible slap in the face to people who might suffer from, you know, agoraphobia. Uh, the ability to train outside is not something that actually a lot of people enjoy. You know, obviously anxiety is a big topic of discussion on this podcast. And I think it's very ignorant to assume that, you know, people of that kind of nature can just suck it up and go for a run or a, a spin or whatever you would like to mm. call it. And, I felt that the gym was woefully disregarded. You know, I just love the concept that supermarkets have been allowed to stay open, and rightfully so, because they are so crucial to our, you know, our living format. But 
No, I go into my local Morrison's. You know, I've moved actually um, since I last spoke to you. I now live in the glorious uh, county of Kent, oh. and yeah, it's uh, the Garden, the Garden <laughs> County, or whatever the fuck they call it these days. <laughs> you know, the reality is that um, you know, I, I don't know to... if you've moved up in the world, but you've definitely yeah. moved north. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It's it's a lot lighter than I would like being a mixed man. <laughs> And you go to the supermarket, there's just people banging into each other, looming over you, trying to get their portions of rice. And I think, how is it plausible that, you know, you can allow this many people to congregate while buying a yogurt? And yet, you know, a small amount of people aren't allowed in a gym during this process, which might actually save so many people. But of course, you know, suicide and things of that nature, Mm -hmm. they're not really a big talking point if you wear a blue tie and look like a befuddled buffoon that's never got a haircut in his life. So. I doubt he cares that independent hairdressers are allowed to open or not, judging by the state of his haircut. So, you know, it is what it is. But the gym is crucial. And obviously for myself, being a wrestler and somebody who, you know, takes a lot of pride in, you know, I've never been of, you know, an Adonis's approach. But I also like to somewhat keep fit. And I find it to be quite an enthusiastic hobby of mine. So it's crucial that, you know, they're open now. So, yeah, let's, let's hope that they don't kind of neglect it this time and they don't go back on what they've said and they leave them open from this point going forward because we need them really as a society to help us get fit not everybody likes going for a run or looking good in their night trainers like yourself (laughs) i find it's it's a it's a weird one for me because i think um uh for me personally like the running and the walking really helps um which the running side I, i enjoy a bit more in the gym the last few years but I do do things and things that kind of help me are those things that can be done outside and I can survive without that um but I think it, it's for me it's knowing that like yeah that's fine for those people that it works for but there's so many people that that doesn't work for that's why I think a lot of people switch off when you talk about um if you're talking about like mindfulness or or kind of getting started with fitness or gym or things like that it's because those first early things that kind of pop up in your head those stereotypical things are not what they want to do um and I'm just very fortunate that those are the things that just work for me but if you're not into running or walking I really don't see how you could do much else because the buying of the equipment is so expensive cycling I mean arguably 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 strictly arguably, speaking, <laughs> arguably um i think there's been most of the time you, you shouldn't have been traveling far enough to mm. really benefit from the cycling so you are stuck with not being able to do it and i think very early on the thing that i would say probably confused me i don't know if it really in a in a being awkward sort of confused way of like you've said is actually some of the places that I feel were were, uh, were best cleaned and kind of facilitated were places that were closed. Mm. Um, and yeah, for me, it was places like um, like gyms, um, like some of the leisure complexes where actually they're kind of they are constantly cleaned. It's not like they're cleaned in the morning, the middle of the day and at, the, at night. No, they're cleaned all the time. Um and I I went in I think once or twice um, 
I don't know if it was I think it was leading up to that first lockdown when we were starting to see like um, kind of more cleaning less uh, like shaking hands and physical contact and things like that and I remember going into the gym then and thinking like they'd put out extra cleaning stations they'd I think closed off or moved some of the machines around um, and to compare that to like you say supermarkets and shops which yes obviously should be open but just the 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 reasons for gyms being closed felt a little bit like not really looked into um and I think like you say certain assumptions made about people's ability to you know go outside and go for a run or pick up certain bits of equipment um I mean (laughs) very well to survive off of um trainers that really need to be replaced and shorts that really also do need to be replaced um so only fans mate that's where most people sell <laughs> yeah. that should facilitate the purchase of the next yeah. piece of equipment exactly <laughs> you'd be surprised how thirsty people get you'd be amazed i can see the edge of my foot here <laughs> oh seriously you think that's funny like on instagram the other day i posted a photo of me sitting down and i was barefoot and this was when i was in the gym and i was trying to show to people because i'm told that i motivate a lot of different people so i think one it's only fair that i kind of share what i'm doing on my journey and it was just a photo of me sitting there in a sleeveless top and my pants and i was barefoot and within about an hour i had two messages from random foot fetish things on instagram saying what size feet are you and i just thought um um, I mean, okay, like it is what I mean. I, I guess I'm open to all avenues if the money's good enough. Like I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that if someone offered me fifty pounds for my socks, I wouldn't consider that because they certainly didn't cost that in the first place. But yeah, no, don't never underestimate the first of our society, my friend. No, if you if you can replace them for that money, then then there you go. But yeah, I think. Um, I think it's a big thing to be able to to kind of get back in and um, and be able to do that. I think is is really important. Um, cat very close to the microphone. Move away, please. <laughs> so restless. I think it's the it's the home working. The home working has made them quite familiar. Um, that that has been uh, like a massive change this year, though, hasn't it? With um, yeah so much time at home not going out and obviously I guess you've had gaps where um you're not going into a workplace you're not going and doing wrestling training and things like that so what what's it been like for you this year temperamental um I mean obviously we're come we're slowly starting to work our way out a lot of town but it's been what a good I'd say a good 14 months give or take 13 14 months and um when I moved here it was in December of 2019 which obviously would have been you know before the pandemic kind of hit and I had already made a conscientious decision I had left my original job uh, which I've been in for 17 and a half years I made a conscientious decision that I wanted to focus my strength and my skills into being an independent artist and being my own boss Mm. and you know, it's it's a difficult facilitation because obviously at first you're well, you live in borderline poverty, and that's pretty much what I have done for the last year. You know, you kind of cross over commissions with benefits or whatever it might be mm. in that system, and people just assume that it's so easy, and you know that you just kind of sit there and collect your gyro or whatever it might be and crack <laughs> on, and that's not the case. And a lot, of, you know, none of us enjoy that truly. I think. Um, 
I'm lucky in the sense of I'm in a position now where I can cover my rent, I can cover my bills, and I enjoy being able to wake up at my own disposition and work to my own kind of timetable and things of that nature. And I'm now being afforded opportunities to create and graft and things like that. You know, my skills lie in graphic design, they lie in commentary, they lie in the podcast, they lie in things of that nature. None of these things need to be done outside. They don't need to be done in a workplace. My house is my workplace, which is, you know, I'm very blessed in that regard. Um, you know, it can be quite difficult. I think initially at the start, the things that I actually struggled with were never work related. They were personally related things like relationships. Like for instance, you know, me and my partner, we're not, we're not people who enjoy being in each other's pockets. We're very mm. independent. I, I'm very much one of these people who enjoys my own space. I like my own time. I am a bit of a, not a recluse, but I like being a loner at times. And that's really fed into the fact that when I moved here, I now live out in the country, essentially. I live in one of the more farm subsidized areas of Kent. And, you know, I'm surrounded by things like horses and nature. Like, for instance, literally my back garden is a nature reserve. So mm. it's very easy for me to, you know, get lost in that kind of routine um which means that in many ways the mental impact of the pandemic was minimized for me the only thing that it truly impacted was personal relationships because all of a sudden a lot of my friends who are based in very dense areas populated areas like london and things you know there was no ability to see them there was no ability to go to wrestling shows or mm. wrestle um so the things that were taken away from me that, you know, everyone's had something different taken away from them, but the things that were taken away from me were very different to, I imagine what the average person was, you know, all of a sudden, a lot of people were thrusted into working at home. And I think a lot of people enjoyed the pandemic at the start because mm. it offered a fresh take and a different approach to what they were doing in some ways. I mean, obviously we don't enjoy, you know, the, mass loss of life but at the same time people sort of saw this as an opportunity to maybe spend more time at home spend more time with their kids and things i mean obviously they took them so long to to just kind of understand what they were doing particularly with children i found it astonishing how ignorant that was that situation yeah i think um that first that first lockdown that ran was that about four months I think um yeah. yeah and it it was kind of that sort of spring to summer time you could still let like you say you could if you've got outside space you can go and use that you can sit in the garden you can if you can go for your walks your runs go and visit a local park or whatever um I think yeah that it was a real opportunity for people to kind of take stock I think realizing quite how much or to the degree that so many people kind of overwork and really push themselves it was a, a good opportunity for a break I think the the nice weather kind of fits into being able to do that um, and I think it's it's looking back now and realizing quite how different that experience was to kind of the, this this third I think this is the third one that we're kind of coming out of now through winter is a very different experience where it, it is it's darker most of the time it's colder going outside isn't as much of a, a fun experience um so I think it's very different not just that it's the third one but the timing of it in the year as you mentioned it the first one was new it was different it was something that we hadn't experienced before 
and gave people that opportunity to to reflect um it's interesting when you were talking about kind of a moving um and kind of being a bit more isolated and not having that opportunity to kind of catch up with people I wonder if kind of through the podcast and things like that that you were already doing where you were quite sort of set up for or maybe more confident with kind of online communications and and chatting to kind of friends and peers in that way it wasn't something new to you did that feel like um like not as much of a jump or you maybe felt a little bit less out on your own because you had that those skills or that experience already yeah I mean online communication is second nature to me and if you consider the fact that the WrestlePlug affords a lot of different people an opportunity to escape or you know take part or immerse themselves in something when they don't have much to do that's the joy Mm. of it particularly as we've now transferred the majority of our content over to a more youtube-based demographic so people can see me now people can interact with us a lot more they feel like they have a presence not just a voice they actually have a presence in front of them they can see talking to them and having fun and discussing wrestling and things of that nature um My personal mental health was mostly affected by my inability to uh, understand, you know, like it's no surprise. A lot of relationships have faulted and failed because now all of a sudden people are expected to spend far too much time with each other. And, you know, it does. It gets to a point where you just want to harpoon your partner because you just think, could you please piss off? And I think it's really funny because I'm also a lot older than a lot of the people I associate with, for instance, like a lot of the guys and girls that I train with are in their early twenties, you know, some of them are even in their late teens. So I'm considered kind of like big brother to a lot of these people. And one of the things I keep reiterating to people as somebody who's been in many relationships and dealt with all the heartbreaks that come with that and things is that it's quite natural and it's quite healthy to want your own space and it's quite Mm. natural and healthy to want to be on your own as well and it's you know you don't have to be in a relationship to be happy and on the flip side if you're in a relationship you don't have to be with your partner all the time to be happy my friend debbie who is an amazing human being who was truly one of my closest friends in my old job Mm. she's been married for the better part of 25 years Mm. she sees her partner two times a week two days a week that's it you know and for her that's been an incredibly healthy building block because they've had the opportunity to not only build separate lives but it means that when they do come together if they do spend more time together they've got an opportunity to discuss what they've been up to Mm. i think Mm. um any reasonably successful relationship i've been in i've noticed that actually a bit of distance has been incredibly helpful to that scenario so obviously initially it was taken away uh, which made things very difficult, uh, which obviously heightens tensions and things of that nature and outbursts and just general emotional responses in a relationship, which are perfectly natural, uh, even without a pandemic. And I think that overall, the other thing that I found very difficult was because obviously I'm a person who thrives on busy. I, mm. And I mentioned this last mm. time I was on the podcast. I, you know, nobody's uh, way out of depression or way of consolidating how they're dealing with depression uh, is the same. Everyone has a very different approach and you can never truly isolate somebody's feelings in that regard because, and that's what makes mental health so difficult to manage, even from a, you know, a health service prospect. But at the same time, there are certain pillars and building blocks that work for a large amount of people who fall under the demographic of depression or, you know, anxiety, um, all kinds of different things, things from ADHD to bipolar disorder and everything under that umbrella. 
for me, busy is very crucial. You know, an active mind, a busy mind has less of an opportunity to break down over time. So I had to take what I was good at being busy at, which was going to wrestling shows and covering them, of you know, for etc., to modifying the premise and then having to review everything from home. And the ironic thing is that although there was a very difficult process for a while, I now feel that I'm a much more talented, a much more creative individual because of it. Because now my understanding and capabilities in software and graphic design and that is actually incredibly strong to the point where now I'm afforded the opportunity to work for wrestling companies and things of that nature. So it was very much a learning process, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people who are possibly listening to this, um, if I am lucky enough for people to bother listening to me, bless them. But ultimately, I think that the biggest hurdle for me was having to share my living space a lot more and trying to not be overly aggressive or emotionally responsive to that scenario because it's you know it's very obviously you live with a partner as well Mm. right that that's not something that we are i or at least from my personal beliefs i don't believe human beings are programmed to be around each other all the time and i also believe that we get different needs from different people your partner will fulfill you know a lot of your needs from a loyalty aspect and sexual needs and things of that nature but um you know your friends offer you a different avenue a different opportunity a different need you know i i don't I can't get literally everything from my partner. For instance, if I want a social aspect, I want to be able to chat to my friends on Xbox Live and things of that nature. But I also worry on the flip side, as my final point, that everything that comes with, you know, our incredible advancements in technology is also making us much more uh, sedentary and also much more static than we should be. And all of a sudden, like... There has been a movement during this pandemic of more people going out for walks and things because that's your only opportunity to go out. So I'm hoping that we're going to get a new generation of cyclists and runners and people who are much more infused about fitness and things of that nature. But at the same time, technologies was already set up and prepared for this to the point where, you know, I, I can imagine Zoom is probably worth an astonishing amount of money at this point now because of its sheer number of use since you know the pandemic came into play worldwide and i do think that there should now be a serious push to try and disconnect people from their technology just a little bit because even i've been guilty of that it does feel like i get tunnel vision which is why it's lovely now that you know i have the opportunities to be able to remove myself from that environment for an hour or so take the dog out for a walk go to the country park go to the gym these are all things that afford me an opportunity to see a fresh and different space yeah, I think there's there's a lot in there. I think um, I'm going to jump around a little bit because there's a, there's a few points I really liked. I think you mentioned there's a lot of things. You mentioned like the busy mind, and it really strikes a chord with me for a slightly different reason. Um, I've always I, I I've really noticed. I think since kind of the first time I've really started to struggle with with depression that. I constantly need to be busy doing something Um, and even if I'm not doing something to have something going on so just to kind of like sit in silence or um, have moments of, of, of peacefulness are really really difficult so I will often try to fill the silence with music 
in the background or a podcast in the background or a youtube video and it doesn't have to be like sometimes i'm paying it loads of attention but sometimes it's just so it's not silent um because that's when my mind can spiral um and i think that i would say it's i found like that's been more noticeable in the last year because it has i haven't had those breaks like you say of talking to different people going to different places doing different things like there is a lot more time or there is most of the time where you are just sat at home working on a laptop um and and, and that's it so i th- i think it's it's been more noticeable that oh, I, I need to put some something on in the background I can get through maybe half an hour of, of just working and, and there being no sound. And then, OK, I need a distraction now. I need something else to to, to be going on. Um, I think particularly in the evenings as well, like going to bed, um, I'll still every day I'm listening to a podcast when I go to sleep. I can't just um, like go to sleep. I've, <laughs> I've got to be listening to something in the background. Um so I think a busy mind is really interesting because you spoke about it in a very different way. And I wonder, um, there are probably lots of kind of similar types of behaviour or thought patterns that, that we have that um, just affect people in different ways. And I think that's the great thing or one of the great things like uh, by having conversations like this is you sort of open it up and people that maybe feel like, oh, I don't want to say to someone, oh, I have to do this because otherwise I struggle with certain thoughts or behaviours it's like actually we will we will all do something um it's kind of making it making it a comfortable space for those conversations to to happen and make people feel a bit more comfortable to to yeah to talk about those um and uh what was my yeah like the the i think the technology stuff is ah it's super interesting i mean you mentioned zoom like we're as a spoiler is it a spoiler we're recording on skype like skype have fucked up <laughs> i don't know, I don't skype know is so last year mate come <laughs> on <laughs> they were already they were already set up they were all like i, I do not understand well I, I know a little bit of why but i just skype and microsoft i do not understand why they didn't put more time into kind of building that up zoom like you say will have massively capitalized over the last uh year and a half i guess um and screens are uh, are such a massive thing like i don't know what your days are like but i'm um i'm working on a laptop through most of the day i don't for the most part have the break of like oh i'm going to a to meet someone or something now so it's a break from the screen because i'm looking at a person nope those meetings are all online so i'm still looking at the screen um you get to the end of the day and you're kind of rotating between maybe having a look at social media on your phone maybe watching something on tv um there are kind of limited times when you're sort of doing something that doesn't involve a screen i mean i'm thinking of literally like eating and washing up are like going to be some of my big ones that's just ridiculous um and i think it's being mindful of that that as we as we have these chances now to start to kind of be able to go out to do more once you feel comfortable to do that to to really start to break up that behavior that to some extent has has to some extent been enforced over the last year um 
kind of realize actually that's been maybe an element of a coping strategy for us to 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 get through and we've needed to do it for if you want to see friends you know you've had to do it over a screen so it's yeah it's just gradually breaking breaking that up and realizing that as part of that I think you touched on at the end there like the fitness side of oh like how much how much sort of well I'm gonna make the assumption that it's mostly sitting but how still how motionless have we become I know I definitely have there's a lot less steps happening each day at the moment um and I I cross my fingers like you that we've got people that have been encouraged and enthused by things like the Joe Wick stuff for for the like the school PE things um I know there's different sort of sports and governing bodies that are put on like one-off events online and things like that so I'm hoping um that some of those younger people that are coming through have kind of been inspired by that um and and anyone that does do a, a fairly sedentary job like myself is that kind of there's something for us moving forward that we are we find something to be encouraged by to to get us moving to think about how we're 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 spending most of our time now because before it would have been broken up by going and talking to someone in a different office or if you go and deliver something or serve someone you would have been walking and moving around um so it's just looking at yeah what 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 does your life physically look like now and what do you want it to look like you know we've had a a a load of breaks uh, over the last year where we've had to kind of stop um and I think yeah really really taking that time to to think about what do you want to um spend your time doing um and how do you want to do that and I think this has been a, a an opportunity to reflect on that I guess yeah I I think my age has really come into play with me in the last year like I'm now 36 and like, that's not old <laughs> a lot of people think it is and i it, maybe that's heightened and sensitized by the fact that i obviously train with people who are like younger than me and you know i take such an interest in vested interest particularly in safeguarding with particularly what happened with wrestling last year and for me i i have got to a point now where i'm kind of like a miserable old man who just says what he thinks and upsets everybody because for me i'm i'm now starting to realize as i get older that even mental health hasn't been able to encapsulate and crush my ideas of breaking out and being an anti-conformist and things of that nature so you know when i was younger anything I felt like needed to be done because, you know, I had to be a rebellious young man or for whatever reason was kind of suppressed by the fact that I was always suffering with depression. And it was also Mm. something that I had no true knowledge and understanding of. So, you know, I wasn't diagnosed properly for whatever reason. I was initially diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I was never afforded the correct therapy or, you know, correct medication to cope with the situation. So I was kind of just learning as I go. And unfortunately, you know that leads to bad life choices because you don't have the correct stability in your life um and now that I'm at this kind of age like the biggest takeaway I have it's very strange people come to me for advice and they don't come to me for advice because I'm smarter than people or are more knowledgeable and intelligent it's simply because I've just lived a lot 
And I think there's that lovely middle ground between being the miserable old man who sits on his rocking chair and tells everyone to get off his lawn and being that person who is of a smart enough age to kind of understand and apply a bit of wisdom but still feel relatable to people and that's something i take a lot of pride in and i don't give out any kind of voice or whatever it might be without some thought process or sensibility and i have got to this point now where i I feel like most of the conversations i have with people whether they be older than me or particularly younger than me i say it's important that you become more selfish as you grow older because society is deeming that and what i mean by that is i don't mean that don't wear a mask don't adhere to certain protocols and health and things of that nature because that's just fucking stupid (laughs) and you know there's a line between being different being selfish and then just being an outright feckwit which is what a lot of people have the need to do i know donald trump was a very big talking uh point on one of our last podcasts and ever since i was gonna say i can't can't remember if it was the last one or the one before i think what were we july it might have been the last one because we would have been coming up to no Oh no, that's a if I was getting my years mixed up. I was thinking, oh, we were coming up to election. In the grips of Trump mania at the time. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, but the thing was that, like, for me, I I have to reiterate to people listening that it's very important that you set up your own agendas and your own thoughts and process and things like that. Like I'm on a big health journey at the moment, trying to get my body to the lowest weight it's ever been and working incredibly hard. I've set up a new diet. And now that the gyms are open, I feel like that's something I can properly work towards. Mm. And immediately people who are just starting out their own journeys, you know, they, they assume oh, big gnarly wrestler. He'll be able to tell me all about nutrition and things. And I don't know. Soddle by comparison, you know, you should be speaking to scientists or professionals or PTs and that nature. But the advice that I can give you is that no individual's journey should be the same. And when you take advice from other people, it's important that you parlay that and then adapt it to what it means to you. So just because I tell you these are all the good foods that you can eat doesn't mean you have to automatically write down that list of foods and eat all of them verbatim. Of course you don't. You find what works for you. And that's the same with life. Um, I'll be able to afford you advice that might be useful. Some advice will be utterly useless. That is just part and parcel of being a human being. But being more selfish is actually crucial, I think, to the process of being a better human being. Because we now live in a society where there is such a there's a norm to things. Um, For instance, I have friends that are polyamorous and, you know, society deems that that is unacceptable. You must settle down with one person and get married. Mm -hmm. Frankly, that's a load of fucking bullshit. And I'm tired of hearing it. And I'm tired of people telling me that that's just because it's the norm doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it should be the accepted. That's a very crucial distinction. You know, there are a lot of things that are the norm. For instance, in Saudi Arabia, it is the norm that a woman not show any of her flesh. Should that be an acceptable part of our society? Absolutely not. And as somebody who's mixed race from a Muslim family, it's, of course, a very hot topic for me. I have two younger sisters. One is 13, one is 18, who have really just become an important part of my life in the last couple of years. It is crucial to me that they are afforded the opportunity to grow with complete freedom and they are not shackled by what their societal norms norms deemed necessary for them so when people say to me oh I, I don't feel comfortable being of this sexuality or I don't feel comfortable I was like that's fine if you don't feel comfortable however 
if society is the reason you don't feel comfortable, then unfortunately society needs to go fuck itself. Because ultimately it is so crucial in this day and age that we grow up to learn our own values and be independent and have completely free thinking of thought provoking conversations and debates. And we're not having those anymore because overall our society is stuck in this rut. And this is unfortunately, I think from my personal opinion, this is how I believe that the older generations have kind of rotted themselves into a corner where they don't want to remove themselves and just be more functional. And this is why our politics are so decayed and rotted because because we all live in this incredibly old bubble and this old line of thinking that you must, you know, we've seen this with everything in society. Look at Meghan Markle, for instance, and Harry. You know, for me, all I saw was two people who didn't want to be under the shackles and the overall encompassing umbrella that was the royal family and its unbelievably archaic and stupid traditions. And as soon as they moved away, they were met with an astonishing amount of hostility and racism, particularly from people in this country, particularly, let's be honest, middle-aged to older white people who believe that the monarchy is everything, because in their minds, this monarchy, this royal family, uh, this signifies stability. This mm. signifies respect. And it doesn't. Frankly, they're a bunch of German immigrant freeloaders if you want to really you know tear it down and i'm sure that you know if i disappear in a few months time then you'll understand why so remember this podcast <laughs> but you know there is this this notion everywhere everywhere you look you are told by our societal norms that you must completely identify with what they tell you to identify whatever it may be and there is very much a push now and it's not a conspiracy because it's right in front of you there is a huge push that the young people don't want to do what we tell them to do because they haven't grown up enough. Well, I'm 36 and I have the brain of a 66 year old man. Some might argue I have the body of one too. And I'm a miserable old shit. And I am telling you as a young person that you do not have to bow down and curtail to societal norms just because you are told on a daily basis by a load of horseshit media that is frankly there purely for mass consumption and not for general free thinking. You know, people who have any kind of genuine thought process, who are open to different, unique cultures and values, I've noticed more and more these people are suppressed or shouted down by a larger machine. And it's even in the algorithms and things. For instance, our Facebook page, WrestlePlug, right? We have 40,000 followers. Wow. On average, per Big day, month. a post Big will month. get 10 to 15 likes. Mm. Because... And when people say, well, that's just the way it is. No, like, I'm not stupid. If 40,000 people have access to content and only 15 of them are seeing it, that is a decision that has been made by some sort of technological base. Let's be honest, Facebook narrows it down and they recognize that, oh, WrestlePlug doesn't pay that much for advertising revenue because WrestlePlug is an independent and free thinking process. Anyone can have their say at WrestlePlug and they are not stifled or smothered by any kind of authoritarian nonsense. Authoritarian nonsense, excuse me. <laughs> so ultimately, yeah, even my English fails at times. <laughs> and um, I've, got, I've got a degree in it, so that's even worse. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where because of that, you know, it's clearly obvious to me that 
a lot of what we're trying to say is strangleholded by the idea of consumption. And what's the only way that you can break through that barrier? By talking to people properly, face to face. And we now live in a society where less and less you're entitled to free speech, less and less you are entitled to open and honest free thinking. And everything that's done and everything that seems good, whether it be a protest or whatever, even those have negative reactions and connotations to our society. It's very interesting because, you know, for instance, we've had a lot of unnecessary killing and you know black lives matter movement as well things of that nature now what's the one thing that we can take away from the pandemic overall is that we should be wearing a mask and not congregating on mass and yet people are doing that for protests and that's acceptable because the media knows that if they condemn people for can you know if they condemn people for condemning violence towards black people that makes them look bad as an overall public image and then it creates more tension and more stress but the ultimate reality is that as much as I completely agree with people's right to protest and things of that nature, the majority of people are not doing it correctly or they're not paying attention to the, you know, the, the kind of subcontext of what's going on outside of that. It's fantastic. You can protest and show such an incredible unified front, for instance, for the benefit of black people and black society. However, if you're doing it and then all of a sudden there is a massive negative connotation through health because ultimately that's affording the opportunity for the pandemic to spread more we then have to find an important middle ground we have to learn how to protest correctly and things of that nature everything is such a delicate balance and even though i'm somebody who believes in free thought free thinking and upsetting people with my thoughts which i do on a regular basis and trust me if you want to see my hate mail you should it's wonderful and glorious and incredibly colorful and frankly would be of very very uh, useful interest to the fbi themselves because some of these <laughs> are <clears throat> shall we say quite derogatory um but ultimately if you want to be free if you want to be honest to yourself, if you want to be happy in any way, you have to accept that you are going to upset other people, I think. I really believe that. And I know that's difficult for a lot of people to swallow. And it is just my opinion at the end of the day. It doesn't work for everybody. But in my experience in life, if you do not open yourself up enough that you are willing to upset people or in turn close your incredibly dense circle of friends to a point where it's just the more important and crucial elements of that i do tend to find that actually i have less of a control and happiness in my life i have less of a control of my mental health as well and i find that actually the more selfish i am the more that my mental health has benefited over time i think there's um oh, once again quite a few quite a few bits to pick up on i think um it sort of reminds me as a, a theme through some of the bits you've mentioned of I remember um, I remember being at school at secondary school um, and I reckon how old would I have been then I reckon I was something like thir 13 or 14 I think I remember being in a class and we had a like a speaker come in and they said um now, I, I really feel like this was not a careers talk. I feel like it was something else, which is why it stuck in my mind. But it could have been on purpose. and it, Maybe it was really, really good. But I, I just remember this speaker coming in and they sort of said, your your school journey is about kind of pointing you in a direction for a job and for a career. But keep in mind that like, your parents will have had a job 
they did for their whole life. They, they might have changed employer, but they will have done the same job for most of their life. Um, and both, I think at that stage, both my parents had, like my dad had worked in a nursery with um, with flowers for, I think, over 30 years. My mum had been a hairdresser for all of her life. Um, and he sort of said, yeah, your parents would have had the, the, these jobs. But you're going to start to grow up in a world where you'll you will have some of you will have like project jobs you'll do a job for three years and move on or five years seven years ten years and you'll move on you'll have different sorts of jobs you won't just change employer um and that felt like a massive thing to me and it's been something that's been helpful and i've reflected on it many times um through my working life is it's there's an opportunity to change your job there are things about your tasks and the things that you do that all apply to something else there's lots of kind of transferable things that are there and I just remember that being that felt like a huge shift um no I don't know if that happened at the time or like once I was I don't know 10 years older then that shift started to happen I'm not sure but I think a lot of what you're talking about where it's kind of people having their own views and uh being more vocal about them i think that really does feel like it's a a bit more of a sea change in the last couple of years and i think in part whether that's just that we're more aware of those voices now um because i think like the pandemic so you know what else have i got to do i'm gonna be sat looking at my phone probably each evening so i'm probably gonna see something if if something's going on um but i think people are becoming more vocal um and i think people are i don't want to say listening because i'll come on to that but people are hearing those voices more and i think that in itself is a really positive thing because as you said in a, 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 some of what you were saying that life changes the world changes society communities change to some extent that has to happen um but it is always happening so I think it's really important that we reflect on that. Um, but a big thing for me, particularly when we're talking about things like um, like protests, like hearing hearing your voice, having your voice heard, is I still feel like a lot of the time we sort of seem to fall back on this idea of there's a right and a wrong and that's it. Um, like your shades of grey are, there's some things that are a little bit less um wrong and there's some things that are a little bit less right but generally everything is still yes or no right or wrong um and i think that just is it's just not true from my point of view i think that the the the, sh- the, sh- the shades of gray are are um not really gray <laughs> um there are many different colors there's lots of different voices there's different experiences there are things that are less relevant to you and me because of where we live or because of our upbringing or because of certain characteristics that we might have um and so we might be affected by those less or we might care about them less there might be certain things that we really really want to get involved in and want to share our voice on because we've had a certain lived experience um and i think often that's where the conflict comes because you have two or more people that um think quite opposing things and potentially for very good reasons um but there there often seems to be that lack of understanding that we could both be right 
or we could both be wrong or someone else that we haven't spoken to yet might have a uh like a different view on this um i think that's where i often feel like the struggle is is that um it's like you you've said a certain statement i don't agree with that well okay that's that's fine you don't have to agree with it you don't have to think or believe the same thing um and and then that's where i think i or i'm hopeful that things like the protests over the last year of various um different causes i hope that that kind of strikes a message with people that you don't have to agree with the people that are protesting because they're protesting but it should give you kind of a pause or a moment for thought to reflect on oh i've not heard this voice before or i've not thought about that before i've not experienced that what would it be like to experience that what are my views on that um i think that's probably my hope from from some of those conversations yeah the the shades of gray is something that really jumps out on me because Mm. I, I'm starting to realise more and more there isn't really a right or wrong. There is only what you feel is correct within your lifestyle, and providing that it doesn't encroach, you know, to a point where you're damaging somebody physically or mentally. Mm. I don't really feel. For instance, um, you know, one of my two of my best friends uh, who live in America have been in an open relationship for the better part of seven years now, and they sleep with a number of different people. And yet still are loyal and happy with each other and their relationship. And, you know, um, what's even more amusing about that is the fact that one of them is from Texas, which is notorious for not liking certain activities of that nature. You know, and the other one's from Wisconsin, which is not the most openly minded, in you know, <laughs> state in America. But the reality is, and it, I learn lessons from people like this so much. And these two mm. people are very close to me and very important to me at the best of times anyway, regardless of their relationship. But, you know, understanding my sexuality, understanding that it's okay to express myself differently to what society's norms mm. would tell me. All of these things are not right and wrong. All of these things are, like you say, shades of an astonishing spectrum of color that is all around the world. And this is the problem is that with that people now use that societal norm to condense and borderline terrorize people who have a different uh, approach or a different lifestyle for instance there's an astonishing pushback on people of transgender when like for instance i know transgender people i've met transgender people at no point has their lifestyle their choice ever affected me negatively mm. and no point have i felt excuse me uncomfortable or deterred by their lifestyle choice they are a a human fucking being Mm. and i'm amazed that people are genuinely i understand that there are always going to be qualifiers for instance if you're a father and you have a young daughter and you know your young daughter of whatever age um let's say for argument's sake she's 12 and she goes to the toilet and she comes out of the toilet looking worried she says i saw what appeared to be a man in my toilet and you know that individual is of transgender and things of that nature 
that's something that needs to be not necessarily nullified. That's something that needs to be discussed so that mm. people can understand that environment. They need to be educated within that culture. I don't think it's fair that a 12 year old girl, for instance, should have to be educated to that point where they just say, oh, OK, it's cool that there's a transgender person. No, that needs to be relayed by our society. That shouldn't be something that's upon a 12 year old to understand. But that being said, sexual identification um gender i think it's really interesting that you because i think it's a really good example to give and i think that's where a lot of people would start and i think my big thing with that is that that situation is happening but that that person is not 12 they're 42 52 62 and that that for me is the issue because yes we, we as a society we as a community need to have these conversations also a little bit personally i feel like that's on you to educate yourself like the 12 year old yes we as a society or as parents or guardians or whoever need to educate that young person but it's often it's adults isn't it it's adults that are causing that's kind of the point i'm working towards Mm. because the idea is that so the finest example is politics and voting how often has Barry from Middlesex <laughs> voted for something because the son told me to do it. <laughs> listen here, numbnuts. Okay, I'm going to speak to anyone who happens to listen to this who might find this. So prepare to do a lot of editing and muting here because there's going to be a fair amount of swearing, I imagine. So this is a wrestle plug exclusive rant that has found its way onto Mojo. Um, <laughs> when you are a grown adult who lives in a society that you deem to be absolutely necessary and all societal norms that come with it, it is your fucking duty and your job to educate yourself and read the manifestos of the governments that are placed in front of you to understand what they are going to offer you in the next government. It is not up to idiot bollocks or the comic that is the sun to tell you who you should and shouldn't vote for and if you are one of these people who needs to be told how to vote who to vote for you are a fucking egypt and you are a big part of the problem that lies within this country because ultimately i don't have a problem with anyone voting for brexit even though i voted for stay because for me i was very fascinated for instance in things like farm subsidies and things of that nature and the fact that we were going to be able to frankly abuse the quality of animals and farm living and things of that nature and i could spend hours on that but ultimately what i'm trying to say is if you're an adult like you just said it is your fucking job it is your responsibility as a human being to educate yourself on your surroundings it is not the world's job to tell you and now we're in this fucking lazy bullshit world where people think it's okay to just wait for someone to tell them what is and isn't right oh boris johnson said that so and so isn't correct so therefore i can now accept that it isn't correct without doing any education or any kind of deep diving myself to find out what the truth and the facts are and it's the but the thing is right it works with the opposite side of things as well and this is why i don't believe in liberal and left-wing society as much as i don't believe in right-wing society either and conservative nature because for me if every human being is different how is it possible to attach yourself to a label it's not 
but you do so for safety because it's safety in numbers. If you say you're a liberal, for instance, you can hide in a place like Brighton and it's OK and people will afford you. And don't get me wrong. I like Brighton. It's a nice place. It's not the gay capital of the world. Stop acting like it is, please. Gay people live everywhere. They do not need to be condensed into one area. OK, gay people should be able to. True equality means that gay people should be able to live wherever they damn well, please. And they should not be recognized as gay people anyway. They should just be recognized as people because they are human beings like all of us. But I digress. The reality of the situation is that people need to pick labels now. They need to pick colors. They need to pick sides because it makes them feel better. It makes them feel safe. And if you want to feel safe, then the most safety you can ever have is knowing that you live your life the way that you have chosen to, not by adhering to a demographic or a label. For instance, with liberals, they are literally, from what I can tell, the majority of left wing people are offended by everything because they're told to be offended. They are professionally offended. Uh, wrestling is a really good topic for this because obviously for instance aw is a big thing now because people are like oh vince mcmahon's nasty and evil and i hate wwe because it's republican and it's right wing but aw is left wing and happy and everything's <laughs> glorious even though the people who own aw are well regarded and well renowned for funding the trump administration you know and do, do you know why people think the way they do it's because they haven't educated themselves into the fact that it, a cursory google will find you plenty of information about how the cons are not as they seem but people don't want to do that they want to live in this blanket they want to shroud themselves they want to hide away because it's so much easier than adhering to yourself they want to adhere to what they're told more so than their own feelings or thoughts and i guarantee all these angry people whether they be young or old who have horrible mindsets or horrible ideas of what culture should be the majority of them probably have repressed feelings that actually if they were able to express them they would probably find themselves to be healthier and much more functional parts of society i think you're right i think it picks up on so many Stop reading the fucking sun. It's a load of shit. It's a terrible paper run by terrible human beings. It's a paper that tried to insinuate that people murdered their own fans. That live, you know, come on. Use your fucking brain. Find your own goddamn you. Sorry, Karen. That's okay. I won't interrupt you. Don't read the sun. Cretins. Um, infuriate me. I think, I think it is a thing, isn't it, that you get so... Um, like invested or you identify yourself so much as a um like a reader of a certain uh, publication or a fan of a certain wrestling like promotion yeah. or a fan of a particular football club and it's like oh because i'm a fan of this or because i identify as a member of this i can't i can't criticize it or i can't um like acknowledge any of the bad stuff it does and because I'm not a member of that thing over there, I can't acknowledge any of the good stuff that happens. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the, there's obviously lots of conversations wi within right. that. I think for for me, like what well, you're mentioning, like kind of the political side, like I've, I think I've, I've voted for all. I'm going to call them all four. I'm stretching it a bit, but all four major parties. Oh, I see. Um, no love so, for the tea pie, as per usual, the crazy <laughs> hat. Mate. What, what about the monster raving loony pie? No, uh, did no, you read no. on a festo? Uh, to be fair, to be fair, I didn't. <laughs> you look um, fantastic with a crazy hat. Never turn anyone on top of things like that, sir. But yeah, I think it is. Um, 
it is about educating yourself and I think again I don't know if I make certain assumptions of like you've had the experience of speaking to people that are kind of a bit younger where they do seem to be a bit more switched on a little bit more open to being articulate about different things to to learning and, and understanding things that might not necessarily be their core um so I'm hopeful that that changes in the future that people you know vote for well firstly that just that they vote um but that they vote for the thing that feels the most right for them like I, I kind of make a bit of an assumption there's never going to be a party that does a hundred percent of the things that you want to see there will always be one or two things where you go oh I don't oh, I don't really want to vote for someone that's going to do that but I do want the other eight things so okay that's a sacrifice I'll make um but it is it's looking through it and, and picking those out and and being able to criticize stuff like you mentioned the wrestling side I think that's a big thing obviously a particularly big thing over on um WrestlePlug um but yeah like I, I I'm one of those people I've kind of jumped across over to watching AEW don't really watch any WWE anymore but there are there are some uh, very untasteful things that AEW have done that you kind of see and you go oh just because in comparison to something else I go oh, okay I'm willing to um accept that but you you've still got to acknowledge yeah there's there's bad things that happen there's um educated uneducated ill-informed things that happen um and I think that's the same across society you'll see things in your workplace or in your social circles with your friends or your family that you you don't necessarily agree with and it's having this kind of space to to speak about them and like you say you don't we don't all have to agree we also probably need to realize probably not going to understand it completely sometimes like if you've got a real passion and a real investment in something because of some lived experience that I haven't had I'm not going to get it in the same way that you get it um and trying to make you yeah trying to make you can you like explain it to me again like yeah it's nice it's helpful if you explain it to me but it's not your job to make me understand and i think we often we kind of fall back on that sometimes don't we like uh, oh you get it so explain it to me (laughs) what why why is it my job to inform you and educate you like i'll have a chat with you and i think you mentioned it in right back at the beginning it's that idea of you can be that signposter, can't you? You can be the first person that someone speaks to about whatever. It might be about wrestling. It might be about mental health. It might be about something else. You could be the first person that they open up to, that they have that conversation to with. Um, but you're not going to be there to kind of hold their hand through all of that journey. At some stage, they're going to need to speak to someone else to get another point of view or, or speak to a professional to support them along you know their training or their counseling or whatever it might be um there's a lot of i think we still have quite a lot of insecurity about identity um and a willingness to explore or try different things is often seen as a weakness and i think that's where you know like you were talking about having friends that are in a different sort of relationship to what we would usually be used to well like you say what's wrong with that just because it's not what we're used to um like what a great prompt for people to kind of go away and think about like the different types of relationships that people have that maybe they're not aware of because they don't it's not made acceptable to talk about that within their circle of friends or colleagues at work so there's a lot more conversations that could be happening i think 
it's so e- I mean, I do recognize that it's very easy for me to sit here and tell you that you should not recognize the norms and you should recognize things that are different because that's all I've done my whole life. I've never had a, you know, I've, nothing about my life has ever been conventional. You know, th- that's kind of the the moniker, so to speak, of any wrestler is that, you know, they're mentally a little bit different. They're just wired very differently and you have to be to be a wrestler or work in that environment. But nothing in my life has been normal. You know, I didn't have, you know, I came from a broken home. I've never had a, a normal or normalized line of thinking. I've never had a normalized state of, you know, depression or happiness. Um, but I've always been so fascinated by anything that's different because different is interesting different is cool to me mm. and i feel like i've been dragged into a society where for instance it's it's difficult for me like you know my mum had me when she was quite old so obviously when i go to visit my mum for instance so um hilarious it's kind of like a freeze company scenario so she lives with her ex-husband and her current husband who she's kind of separated from mm. and that's a weird scenario not many people get to live in that scenario so instantaneously i was you know when i was living at home that was the environment that i had to kind of understand and it wasn't fun for my mental health personally but i was accepting of the environment now you know both the quote unquote stepfathers they are fully vaccinated my mom is 72 um the others are i mean one of my status is 82 and the other is 76 i believe somewhere around that region my apologies if he ever bothers listeners which he won't because you know come on he's 76 we're an hour we're an hour in he's not listening now (laughs) Uh, he's certainly not no at this point he's probably um with all due respect asleep (laughs) and that's a very nice way of putting things um ultimately for instance when i last spoke to them when i last saw them my mum's my mum had got her first uh jab and she's bought into the propaganda that AstraZeneca will kill her. So my mum won't get the second jab. Now, I've already had the first jab from AstraZeneca. I felt pretty awful for a couple of days, and then I was fine. Turns out Bill Gates is still not watching me masturbate at this point, so good news. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it gets to a point where people are so set that you can't bring them into a different environment and this is the problem is that i think where i live with them for so long i believe that uh, for a long time to be the all-encompassing culture of life when it's not the problem is it's very difficult to get away from those social circles mm. um those are free people who are for all intents and purposes good people but they don't align with any of my thinking. And my mum is one of these people who is, you know, she's anti-immigration. You know, she's anti this, she's anti that. And I understand why she is. But at the same time, I believe her to be incredibly stupid and ignorant in a lot of her thought process. And when she turns around and says to me, I'm not getting a second jab because I, I felt like I was going to die when I got the first one. I've never felt so ill in all my life. It's like, well, you're clearly being dramatic. This is a woman who's gone through cancer and cancer scares and surgeries and she had a brain hemorrhage. And you're going to tell me that the first jab from AstraZeneca is the most pain you've ever felt in your life. I find that hard to believe with all due respect. And this is the problem is that actually it's really funny. As younger people, we're the ones who are so are associated with drama, aren't we? We're the dramatic ones. You know, we're the ones who just have outbursts. Oh, look at these dramatic young people protesting and getting ridiculous over somebody dying and blah, 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 blah. But actually, everybody is just as culpable and just as guilty of being dramatic about things they don't need to be. And 
that's where for me i've learned to push back is by living in that environment and being surrounded by such an with all due respect an ignorant fucking culture which is how my family inverted commas deem themselves to be and even my little sisters this is an example of how it is not just set to old people so if anyone who's of an old demographic is listening and thinking he's just bashing my demographic not at all my two little sisters are 13 and 18 they could not be more different my 18 year old sister is in many ways just like i was when i was 18 super gothic super dark thinks the world is going to end at all times whereas my 13 year old sister is incredibly bubbly and hilarious and happy and very much makes up a lot of what i am now vibrant pushes back you know has a very different opinion to all of her friends and things of that nature and he's just such a fucking joy to be around they both are to be fair but at the same time they're both brought up in the demographic where they're told you're a muslim therefore you know you can't have sex before marriage you must give yourself to one person you must make sure that your soul is in you know and all these different things and you know I'm, I'm not saying that being a muslim is incorrect in any means but i also feel that religion and everything that comes into this world has a responsibility to allow people to grow with how they feel and not suppress that and this is what I think is genuinely happening happening now in society is you've now got a split where you've got people on one side who say that isn't right anymore. And we're going to have our say and make sure that that kind of thing doesn't repeat itself. But at the same time, the problem with people on that side is I don't think they're doing enough. It's all very well saying I went out and protested about the killing of George Floyd. I went out and protested about the use of guns. It still happens every day. Nothing's being changed because actually we're now in a position where from a societal standpoint not enough of us are doing that and just because the media covers it doesn't mean that the all-encompassing view is that we all think black lives matter we should do but we don't we can all pretend we do and what social media and platforms of that nature does is they afford you an opportunity to pretend that you give a shit that's exactly what happens how many people put a black square on their instagram that's great but what does that actually do? Nothing. You can say it proves solidarity amongst people. Has it stopped the murder of black people in America? Has it stopped the astonishing cultural disposition of how black people are treated in modern America and modern society? Not at all. Because putting a black picture up on Instagram, sorry, it might be quite a strong opinion to a lot of people, that does nothing to improve or further our society. I think uh, I, I would say from my point of view, I think I definitely agree with the social media stuff. I think there's a real limited value to it. However, there's also the case that kind of particularly um, with the kind of with the stuff of Black Lives Matter and a couple of other campaigns where it's been poster square of a certain colour. It's just not adding anything to the conversation it's not telling you about a particular story or signposting you to resources or support so i think those are the things that kind of felt like they were they were lacking in impact like if, if someone comes across that what are they going to find well you just scroll through it's a load of black squares there's not something that tells you anything do you remember um, the last time i was on this podcast with you and the term i used was be proactive not reactive Mm. and it's something that lives with me and it always lives with me in my opinion for instance 
you know, speaking out in wrestling was something that was very close to home for me. Um, for people listening who don't know, hashtag speaking out was a movement that basically opened up the conversations and also told the stories of numerous people who until now felt that they couldn't speak about the fact that they were sexually or emotionally abused within the wrestling world and the environment. And of course, there is a big problem and it needs to be fixed. And luckily, we're pushing more towards safeguarding. Basically, wrestling doesn't have safeguarding doesn't have anything like that which is astonishing when you consider that young people can go and get trained and they can you know your 14 year old son can go to wrestling training and be trained by somebody who doesn't have any safeguarding that's terrifying in its own right and that's wrestling for you in a nutshell and i was very vocal about the fact that the overall encompassing attitude of wrestling where they don't pay for the majority of starting wrestling most wrestlers right who start will tell you oh, i didn't get paid and they're okay with it and that's fucking stupid and it infuriates me um because what you're doing is you're lending yourself to a culture where for instance if i'm a promoter you know i would never be like this but if i was one of these promoters and i didn't have to pay a number of my talent to work just because they were young or because they were inexperienced or because they were just breaking into the business god knows what in my mind i'm thinking i could get away with and that's where you lead to positions of abuse is it not a position of abuse if you do not pay somebody who works 14 hours a day for you of course it is so it's it's one of it's one of those isn't it where you it's like um i remember at the time there was a comparison and it's it's lost on me now but just it felt like it's an unregulated field yeah yeah regulation is see the thing is i don't necessarily agree with full regulation but then at the same time you have to live in an environment where everybody is afforded or compensated something for their graft for their work and it is terrifying to this ultimately i truly believe a lot of the positions that women unfortunately found themselves in are happenstance of the culture of wrestling and probably of large society as well because it doesn't just express itself to you know to uh speaking out let's not forget the me too movement why is it that so many women were found to be in a position of less power or found to be in a position of abuse like that i i can't speak personally to their experience i have spoken before about the fact that i dealt with a lot of sexual abuse when i was younger so i'm not just you know speaking into the ether as somebody who has no fucking clue what they're talking about but from my experience the reasons that i found myself being abused and things of that nature was because there was a complete culture around that that meant that it was much easier for this person to assume that they could push themselves to a next level to take more liberties with me or other individuals Mm. and that's the same in wrestling or in the movie uh, business you know the entertainment industry for lack of a better term um there's a fact of well if i can get away with doing this what else can i get away with because Mm. as human beings we don't just take the inch we try and take the mile And if you were, for instance, a shoplifter and you got away with pinching a Mars bar, the next time you go and you think, can I get away with pinching two Mars bars? Now, can I get away with pinching a bottle of wine? Because that control, like you say, isn't regulated. Mm -hmm. You can't regulate those people and that environment unless you bring in overall regulation of what they're doing. People wouldn't get away with this behavior if you already had the correct boundary set up. 
for instance, in wrestling, if promoters were forced to pay everybody who was available at their discretion, if they were forced to pay all these people, you wouldn't have this problem. You wouldn't have more and more people thinking, right, well, I could probably get away with this and that, or I could probably get away with sending an inappropriate text. I could probably get away with trying to be inappropriate or trying to touch this person inappropriately in an environment. It wouldn't completely dispel it, but it would certainly help. And that's where being proactive over being reactive is important. Because if from the get go, when you set up a business, you make these things and these boundaries and these pillars clear, there is less likely to be an opportunity for people to take the absolute piss out of your own system. But if you start from a premise of cool, whatever, do whatever you want, don't be surprised when people do do whatever they want, because doing whatever you want is not just under the umbrella of doing good things. It's doing bad things, too. I think I think it's it's well like we said earlier it's realizing there's a lot in the middle there's a lot of things that are happening that are unseen that are unsaid it's making sure there's enough um we're using the word regulation because it's the first one that came to my mind but uh, kind of there's there's regulation in place there's safeguarding in place to support people to get on with the things they want to get on with to be able to work to be able to enjoy a hobby if that's what it is to be able to be employed and be safe at work um i think that that's obviously really important you picked up on on loads of different bits there that um i think we can go into but to come back to your kind of proactive point rather than reactive i think how 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 much that is ingrained in us throughout so many things i think of uh i feel like every single person i've ever spoken to about any particular cause it's always because of uh either a a personal lived experience or like a a direct impact from from someone else it's not because we've suddenly woken up one day and gone do you know what fuck i really want to support mcmillan (laughs) like it's because it's because of personal lived experience and i think that that is important to some extent but we're often left with well until you've been hurt or damaged by something we don't care and i think that it's so much the nature of us to to be reactive so i think that's yeah it's definitely a a big thing across a lot of different fields and you know if you wake up tomorrow and you want to support mcmillan or any other charity that's absolutely amazing um but uh, yeah i just everyone that i've spoken to i think has always had um there's been something that has happened um i'm sure there's probably someone that's going to send me a message tomorrow so hey <laughs> i just did this off my own back nothing could happen um but for the most part um i think i think that is the case um I'm cautious of saying something else and putting us down a new spiral as we're kind of coming up to our time. But um, uh, it's been really interesting to, to, well, just to catch up with you, really, to be honest. Um, But to to chat through a few different things. Obviously, we've we've started to speak a little bit more in in kind of the second half of this about wrestling, which is obviously your area of focus and passion but if people want to find out a bit more about you and some of the different things you do because i know it's not just wrestling now um where are the places they can go what what are you doing um how do how do people follow and interact with you 
Well, as far as the wrestling goes, it's at WrestlePlug. It always has been across all social media platforms. Very easy. Search WrestlePlug, you'll find it. And you can subscribe to it as you wish if you're a wrestling fan. If you're not, I suggest you don't bother because it's very <laughs> wrestling-oriented. Um, as simple as that. I don't I don't lie to people. I know if they will like it or not. Um, as far as my personal endeavors go, I am a graphic designer, videographer. I do a, an astonishing amount of work in terms of video design, uh, photography, things of that nature. And it all kind of falls under one encompassing thing. I'd like to think that i have a lot of strength and talent in that environment um my pseudonym is aaron nix uh, spell a-e-r-o-n and then nix spell n-i-x you can find aaron nix design across all social media platforms as well at aaron nix design on twitter and instagram and it's aaron nix design on facebook as well and i'm sure the links for that will be available and if you check out wrestleplug they're also available on there as well um i offer a lot of different work but the thing that i'm most passionate about is that i offer affordable graphic design that no one else can challenge me on um i believe that the world of graphic design the world of videography things of that nature i believe that it should be affordable and that it should be available to everybody and i believe that a large amount of people price people out in the market um that being said, I don't believe that you should ever undercut yourself either. I believe that people should be paid for their time and their graft. Um, but one thing I always say is that my graphics, my design, my videography, whatever it may be that you need, it can look the business without costing you your business. That's my catch line. I believe in that. I believe that I can afford to, you know, I can make people's work affordable and I can make people's stuff look better. And you're now starting to see, for instance, Cherry Wrestling Promotions have just assigned me to their members of staff. I'll be working as their media manager and also their lead commentator, which means I get a chance to afford my voice to wrestlers as well. Um, but that's because my work speaks for itself. WrestlePlug in itself is a four-year portfolio of what I'm able to do. There's a reason I believe my graphics look better than any other wrestling podcast, because I put the work in, because I put the effort in. And if you want to, for any reason, uh, find those services, Aaronix Design is your first port of call. You can send me a message on any of those platforms. I'm always available to chat. If for whatever reason you can't just send me a tweet or whatever it might be. Sometimes if you don't follow people back, they can't send you messages for whatever reason, feel free to message me at any time. I tend to be up most hours of the day, which is why I look quite ghoulish at this time. But ultimately, if you want graphic design done and you want it done to a very good and what I deem to be professional level, but you also want it to be incredibly affordable without damaging your financial prospects, I am always available and happy to do so. And it's not just for wrestling, it's for everyone. And I also paint and do art and things of that nature. I do animation now as well, so I can animate you and make you dance around on a screen, whatever you want. doesn't really bother me, but contact me. Very reasonable prices, very reasonable commissions. And very happy to look after what society deems the little man. <laughs> what are you uh, giggling about, Sunshine? Uh, <laughs> uh, Maybe crack out the Vince McMahon uh, voice. It's kind of like tradition, isn't it? Shut up. <laughs> it's got to be done on every podcast. Damn it, I said shut up. I'm in charge here. Right. It was all. It was all. It was all good. It was all great. And then you just. And then you said, "I can just make you dance around on the screen." <laughs> I mean, it's not, not my by thing, control. But... <laughs> it's not like I'm going to force you to become an animation. That's not how it works. But if you would like me to paint you as a cartoon, and then you could do whatever. You could have a cup of tea on the screen. You could do hairdressing. Don't bother me. It's your profession. Oh, it's dear. your art. Oh, Mike Douglas has got a lower the tone, haven't you, Sunshine? Oh, dear me. No. <laughs> Just, I've got in my mind this, like, really, really slick, really professional, really, like, 
uh, blocky colours looking uh, like presentation and then just at the end of it <laughs> like a little do, 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 person dancing <laughs> amazing um, thank you so much for, for coming on and for sharing your insights on a few different things and for um, the insights into your own experience as well I think as we've mentioned before it's, it's, it's just really important it's really lovely for me to get to sit here and have a chat with you but important to have that opportunity for people to hear just some genuine conversations and see we've we've kind of drifted around and through and past and over and around kind of mental health and well-being and it's intertwined in a lot of the things that we've mentioned so yeah thank you so much for coming on again and i i already look forward to the what will be i guess the fifth or possibly sixth time in the future yeah see you in two years bruv <laughs> Oh dear, I'll talk to you soon. See you later, gang. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate yeah it's difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were bad people knew that there was something not right but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything you're not depressed it's, it's all in your head that's probably the statement i've had people say the most i mean this 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 shit is real and it's hard it's exhausting and i think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are not only did this help me to write it mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well so it sort of started from there so many people think they're alone and then you hear other people talk about it and they think oh that's you know that's so brave or i could relate to that um and then they want to talk about it <laughs>